What is going on, OWS fam, DFS fam, YouTube fam, podcast fam? Welcome to the third week five DFS Lab DraftKings edition. I am your host, JM to win from OneWeekSeason.com. Today, Keegan and I will be, same as we've done the last couple Friday shows, we record these on Friday, they go live on YouTube Friday night or Saturday morning. We have uh, taken a look at the Bink Machine Optimizer on One Week Season, and as we've talked about, even if you are not an MME player, your single entry 3-max play will get dramatically sharpened by using an optimizer. There's a lot of cool things we've talked about in this show in that regard. Also, if you're not using an optimizer, there's a lot of things we'll talk about in today's episode that will help you specifically in, in the week five slate and then also in your DFS play in general. So with that, let's get started. One week season. Yo, 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 Keegan, welcome back. Glad to be back. Glad to uh, learn about today's episode of bink machine see yeah so we've done two of these you still haven't had a weekend where you actually used it yet right nope i've been waiting for this specific moment (laughs) you took some um you took some shots on it last weekend right and then um and then didn't end up like using it or did you not even get around to using it last weekend i i didn't want to use it last weekend because i was um still unsure on some things i'm gonna ask questions about this time and hopefully i will have a lot more clarity and uh be able to use it this week and yeah you know maybe get into these tournaments that i wasn't able to get into man i'll I'll tell you that's right that was so discouraging spending like three hours you know or like it took a little bit longer than like for me because it was my first time doing it and um i played around with it a little bit as well so i spent probably a grand total of five hours on this and uh you know, it's pretty frustrating and discouraging when you spend all that time on something and then you have like results because I wasn't even able to get in those tournaments. So, right, right. So for those of you who missed this, what happened to Keegan two weeks ago was he built his 150, spent all his time, got familiar with the Bink machine, built his rosters, and then went to enter, what was it? The the quarter arcade, the 25 cent, 150 max? The, the 50 cent one. Okay. 50 cent. Um, and then it was already full. So, um, yeah, that that, and then also, you know, Mike Johnson last week, who uh, one of our one of our core contributors was raving about the Bink machine and how he hadn't used an optimizer in years, and and like how this was the optimizer that he had been looking for back when he used optimizers and had kind of completely stopped because just nothing fit what he was looking for. But then last week he ended up having to like deregister a bunch of contests because he'd messed up one of his rules, and so like it wouldn't build rosters, and he couldn't figure out what rule he had messed up, and so eventually he had to be like, let me go just like exit all these contests that I have reserved because, so yeah, that's part of the learning curve of using an optimizer. Um, so a couple things there. One thing is, well, actually, let's let's go ahead, and this is probably a pretty cool thing to um, take a look at, and I'm going to go ahead and share. I was originally sharing um, the Bink machine screen, but I'm actually going to share, let's see, stop that one, share screen, DraftKings lobby. Okay, here we go. So you guys can see this now. So from a standpoint of how we handle the, um, 
the upload stuff. So over here, oh, you see some of my practice builds here uh, from this week, but over here, if you are, if you just build 150 lineups, and I guess well, I can't show both screens at the same time, but if you just build 150 lineups, there's a download lineups button and you just download it from the Bink machine, right? And you get 150 lineups. And then all you have to do from there is upload lineups and then you just upload the CSV and you don't have to touch anything. Everything's formatted exactly correctly and it will just upload all the lineups to your contest. Where things get a little bit more complicated is if you have already reserved lineups. So for example, I have to fly to Oakland each week because I live in Oregon. So I have to fly to Oakland each week to enter my DraftKings, to reserve my DraftKings lineups. And then I have to edit my reserved lineups later in the week. Uh, similarly, if you want, if you're going to be building on Sunday morning and you want to make sure that a contest doesn't fill, you want to reserve your 150 lineups and then you want to edit your entries. Um, and this basically you click this download button and it will download a CSV that is your, all of your entries. Uh, and it's actually a little bit complicated to, uh, show how to do this in this video because I don't have it set up. I wasn't thinking we would be showing this. Um, but basically you to edit your entries, you gotta go through the steps to edit your entries. And maybe at some point, Keegan, while you're talking through some stuff later in the show, I'll show how to, how to do that. That way people who, uh, if you wanna reserve your entries beforehand, you won't get stuck in a spot where it's like, um, oh, I'm, I'm uploading my entries and then, then this contest is filled, right? Or I've reserved these entries and I don't know how to get these entries in there. And so I can kind of help um, show how to do that. So I've done this first step, we downloaded, we see this says 215 entries. So these are all of my reserved entries and I've downloaded them and then we'll be able to see how we edit those uh, in order to like, like with our uh, Bink machine created lineups in order to change reserved entries or even like change entries that we've already created. We can overwrite all of them um, through the Bink machine. It's not that difficult to do, it's just, uh, it's not intuitive because it's it's all Excel, right? So the, it, it's all spreadsheet stuff. So it has to read it. Everything has to be correct. There can't be any mistakes. Um, somehow we lost Keegan from the uh, screen. There we go. Um, but yeah, so we'll um, we'll take a look at that, uh, hopefully deeper into the show of how to edit your entries. The other thing I want to say is um, it's pretty important to, in my opinion, you build three or four rules and then you run 50 lineups. That's what I always do. I build three or four new rules, I run 50 lineups. I build three or four more rules, I run 50 lineups. That way, if I run into something that is causing the optimizer to not work with my rules, where it's like a rule doesn't make sense to the optimizer, I can pinpoint what rules those were. So what actually happened to, uh, to Mike last week was something that happened to me the first week that I used the Bink machine. And that was, I had a player group and we can just create one real quickly, but let's say um, that if we play Travis Kelsey this week, we want to also have Patrick Mahomes on those rosters. So what we would want to do, we know we set anchor on Travis Kelsey. We click this anchor button. You see that it's now blue. And then you put two men, two max, which means play both of these players on 100% of Kelsey roster. So we can follow this logic. It says if, a roster has Travis Kelsey. That's what the anchor means. If the roster has this player, then play 100 on 100% of Travis Kelsey rosters, play both players in this pool. Now, if you mm -hmm. wanted some sort of strange rule where it's like, um, or I guess this, this isn't a particularly strange rule, but uh, if we wanted to have one bring back from 
the other side of this game on any Travis Kelsey roster, right? Then we would add Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, and we would say, uh, if you wanted one of these Vikings pieces, but were willing to have as many as two, then you would do two men, three max. Uh, and that would basically tell the optimizer that if we have Travis Kelsey on 100% of our Travis Kelsey rosters, play at least two players from this pool and as many as three players from this pool. So that's, again, how, how the logic on these rules work. Uh, the training video, which is, uh, again, this is um, right here is some admin stuff, but the training video uh, up here goes page by page and explains all of this. Uh, this is the video Keegan and I created a couple of weeks ago. We'll have, uh, I'm going to add last week's video as well and this week's video, but um, kind of gives you a look at how I use the big machine. This one in particular shows the unique ways in which I use an optimizer to, to get it to build the way I want. Anyhow, what happened to Mike last week is he had forgotten to click that anchor button. So he had a rule, but there was no anchor on the rule. So he was like messing around with all these, you know, he had like 20 rules over here and he's messing around with all of them and trying to figure out which rule was causing the optimizer to not work. And too late, he realized, oh, I have a rule that I literally just didn't set correctly. I didn't press the anchor button. That same thing happened to me in week one or week two, but I was building, you know, I would set a handful of rules and then build 50 lineups, set a handful of rules and build, build 50 lineups. So when I had one where it couldn't build it, I was able to see like, okay, it must've been one of these last three or four rules. I was able to go through them and see what might've been wrong with them. Uh, because we'll see that if we have, let's do this, right? So now this rule is going to mess up the optimizer and we'll go to build and it says initializing that it should eventually, uh, well, it's actually trying to build in spite of the fact that we have that, um, that error, that incorrect, um, uh, player group. So probably if we had like some percentages set on Travis Kelsey, I was trying to show you guys what the error message looks like, but, um, basically, uh, oops, little things like that is the things we want to look for to make sure that we're, uh, that we're not like messing up the optimizer. And the easiest way to do that is to build a few at a time, you know, add a few new rules and then build 50 lineups, add a few rules, build 50 lineups. Uh, and that'll help to make sure that we can pinpoint any issues because again, it's so much faster to build 150 lineups this way than trying to hand build all of them. But if you, if you, you know, make these critical errors then it becomes way more complicated um, and going back to, before I toss back over to you, Keegan, just going back to what I've said over and over and over again, uh, I'm now seven of 12 profitable weeks in single entry and three max play since I started using an optimizer. right? And shopping through my rosters, I was able to find the roster that looked best to me. Uh, Keegan, could you still hear me during that little stretch right there? No, I keep lagging out. Um, yeah, every time that you see me go like to the bottom right there, I, I lag out, unfortunately. Okay. We've, we've had the, um, it's weird. I always do ethernet so that I don't run into any Wi-Fi issues, but back to back uh, weeks, we've had a show of ours where my ethernet cut out, which doesn't make any sense, but uh, yeah, we're doing, we're doing the, the best we can. I've got the, um, because I think I'm lagging out a little bit too. I've got the best Wi-Fi that that you can buy, the fastest Wi-Fi you can buy. Got my Ethernet cord. Nothing's working right now, so um, it is what it is. But yeah, so uh, again, being able to build a bunch of rosters and then shop through those rosters to find your best ones for single entry three max, 
Um, it's just a really sharp way. And like I've said over the last couple of weeks, if you're playing 10 bucks, 20 bucks a weekend, you probably can't justify the extra seven or eight bucks a weekend for an optimizer. But if you're playing 70 bucks, 80 bucks, 90 bucks, like the edge gained in paying that extra seven or eight bucks a week for an optimizer it doesn't have to be the bink machine. I, I really like Fantasy Labs. It's what I used last year. You can get OWS projections automatically uploaded, ownership projections automatically uploaded to Fantasy Labs by checking out through us. Uh, I really like the solver, which we don't have a partnership with, but CSU Ram, who was one of the guys who started uh, Fantasy Labs, also started the solver. ETR works with them. They have a really great product. Rotogrinders optimizer is really excellent. Love what they're doing over there. So like find an optimizer that works for you. But that that angle of just, you know, spending a few extra bucks a week, if you buy a full season package right now, it's 119 bucks for the Bink machine. And you've got what, 14 regular season weeks left plus playoffs. So uh, break that down to what that costs per week. And it is worth it for the edge, even if you're a single entry three max player. So uh, with that, Keegan, let's toss it over to you for um, some initial questions that you might have on some of this stuff. Yeah. So um, the largest issue I had in building these was, I would say the, like the settings where you have to like add certain players, like with the anchors and all that. So it was difficult for me to figure out. So first off the anchor, I didn't know what that had meant. Um, along with the, the min and max up there, I still am not too, too sure. Cause I lagged out, I think on when you were explaining that um, with the anchors. Okay. So again, that, that video from Caleb that's linked at the very top of the page, uh, this one right here, the opto tutorial, it does a really great job of explaining it in a way that it's going to make a lot of sense to you. Uh, before we get to that, again, one of the things that I always like to do is run, just run some rosters just to see what's showing up frequently. So before even looking at ownership projections, I knew that, I mean, I knew that Wondell Robinson would be popular before even doing this, but uh, was able to see like, okay, Rasheed Rice is popping in here. Michael Wilson's popping in here. Uh, a lot of Travis Kelsey. We don't have a rule that says no tight end in the flex. So we have a lot of Travis Kelsey in the flex. Um, a lot of Kyle Pitts and Zach Ertz on these early rosters, Tyler Boyd. So we can and Devon Achan is obviously showing up well in projections and is therefore showing up uh, in a lot of these optimizer builds. And so uh, I really like doing that from a starting point because we can see immediately the types of rosters that people are going to be going out of their way to build, taking on this value, kind of taking on these mid-tier running backs, Ramondre, Kamara, uh, Devon Achan, Joe Mixon. These are all guys in this like 5K to 6K range. Uh, and then trying to squeeze in Justin Jefferson's, the Jamar chases from there. So uh, always like doing that just because we can see what an optimizer is pushing on to other people and, and what that's going to mean for ownership and, and all that. So, um, okay. So moving over to player groups, in fact, well, I'll build another 50 lineups again so that I can kind of show you what, um, what I like to do here. So I always like to just start without any rules or I'll have some rules based on how I kind of laid out my exposure, but I like to start and, and see things like, okay, we see all these two tight end builds, right? So one of the first things that I want to do is now put a setting in that's going to force the optimizer to not have any tight ends in the flex spot. Because as we've talked about, the value of the tight ends is more the positional value, not the raw score that they're putting up. Um, so before we even do anything else in terms of player groups, I would go over to the build settings and I would change this to say 
0% tight end in the flex. And this is going to say that the maximum amount of rosters that are allowed to have a tight end in the flex is zero, okay? So now we can build again, and we should see that none of these rosters have a tight end in the flex. Uh, the next thing that we're gonna do is shop through these or look through these rosters and kind of see what sorts of pairings. So now again, all of a sudden we see this, right? No tight ends in the flex. Uh, the next thing we wanna do is kind of look through these rosters and see what other rules we might want to add. So the optimizer, most optimizers are already going to be set up with settings and the Bink machine is extremely intuitive in this regard. And one of the things that the Bink machine did that Caleb did when he built this was he looked through the data of like all millimaker winners and all large field tournament winners. And he set all of the presets to basically follow what's most optimal over time in terms of stacking, uh, stacking settings and bring back settings and secondary stacks and all that. So you, if you touch no settings, you're just going to be set on like already automatically set on what's the most optimal way to set up your basic rules over time. And Caleb, obviously he won a millimaker using this optimizer and using these rules that he has in place. And um, so from a starting point, you really don't have to change a lot. You're going to see that the correlation is already set up really well here, right? Like every Patrick Mahomes roster is going to have one to two uh, pass catchers on it. We've got Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, and we see Rasheed Rice showing up in a lot of these. Um, we see that Joe Burrow has uh, Tyler Boyd on this roster. We see that it has a bring back from the Cardinals. But one of the things we could think about is, this is a good example, right? Can Joe Burrow be the tournament winning quarterback this week with Tyler Boyd? Can Joe Burrow post the had to have it tournament score? Because again, we're always thinking about what gets us to first place. Well, sure, Burrow can post 24 points without Jamar Chase having a big game. But the moment Joe Burrow is on a roster, we're saying he's the tournament winning quarterback. On that roster, we're making a bet on that particular roster that Burrow puts up the score you had to have at the quarterback position. Well, if that's the case, is Tyler Boyd going to be the wide receiver who helps him get there, right? And Jamar Chase doesn't put up the type of score that you needed. So one thing we could do is say, most of the time that Burrow hits, Jamar Chase is also going to hit, right? Yeah. And so we can go set a rule over here in the player groups. Uh, let's go ahead and delete this rule. And we can set a rule where we add Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. And what we want to do is say that on 80% of our Joe Burrow rosters, we want to have Jamar Chase. In other words, saying, sure, there's this outside shot that Burrow could end up having uh, a big game without Jamar Chase. But mo more than likely, if Burrow's hitting, he needs Jamar Chase to hit as well. So then the anchor player is Joe Burrow. We say, if Joe Burrow is on this roster, then we want Jamar Chase on this roster. So now next we say on what percent of our Joe Burrow rosters, we could say 80% of our Joe Burrow rosters. So when Joe Burrow is on a roster, 80% of those rosters have to have Jamar Chase. And then the last bit of this logic is just telling us how many players from this pool are part of this rule. So again, we want both players from this pool. We want minimum of both players, maximum of both players, because there are only two players. So the logic of this rule now says 80% of our Joe Burrow rosters have both players in those rosters. Then I always name the, uh, the group so that I can keep track of them. Uh, and then you kind of, and, and typically I'm going to have 
anywhere from like 12 to 20 rules. So it's really not that many rules, right? But you kind of keep finding new things. And, and a lot of times I've, I've got five or six that I'm adding just as I put in my player pool based on my notes. And then I find others to add from there as I, as I run through the optimizer and create some builds. Um, so, so yeah, that's that part. Do you have any questions on that? Yeah, my, my biggest question is like when it comes to using the anchor specifically, you're you're doing so if with when you click on the anchor for Joe Burrow, you're saying if I use Joe Burrow, I'm gonna have 80% Jamar Chase, but you're not necessarily saying Jamar Chase has to be with Joe Burrow if he's on any other uh, rosters. Uh, you cut out on the very end of that. I'm not necessarily saying what. Uh, saying that Jamar Chase has to be on 80% of like Joe. Or... Correct. Let me rephrase. Correct. So this rule applies to Joe Burrow rosters. Now, um, similarly, we could have a second rule there. Like if we're like, if we're like, if Chase is hitting for a monster game, which isn't necessarily true this week because if T Higgins is out, like, and Joe Burrow is a pocket passer, right? Like we, we could say, could Chase go for, 130 yards and two touchdowns without Burrow being a tournament winning quarterback. Yeah. Cause Burrow could throw for 270 and two touchdowns. Um, and he's not running anywhere on that calf right now. So it's like, you're getting 11 points through the air from him. You're getting two touchdowns. That's 19 DraftKings points from Burrow. And so chase is putting up say eight for 130 and two touchdowns. That's 36 DraftKings points with, with the bonus added in there. So chase can go for 36 and Burrow is not a quarterback you had to have. But if you were like, I do want to force um, Joe Burrow on 100% of my Chase rosters, like I only want to play Chase if I'm also playing Joe Burrow, you would create a second rule that's a Chase anchor. And it says, if Jamar Chase is on this roster, then Joe Burrow is also on this roster. So it would be kind of the reverse of that first rule. And now you would have Chase as the anchor. Uh, and it would say 100% of Jamar Chase rosters have both of these players. And again, that's a good way to read it is um, read it from, from like, in terms of reading the logic, you can start from the percentage and then the anchored player and then the min max, right? So 80% of Joe Burrow rosters have both of these players. Um, and that, that like that pathway of reading the logic will kind of help you to see exactly what you're saying. Um, and so, you know, so you'd have to create another group. Right. If you want to do the. Yep. 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 So now you just do create another group. You'd call this and, and let's actually do that rule with Kelsey because which is we were looking at it already, but I like to primarily only play Kelsey with Mahomes because if Kelsey hits Mahomes is hitting. So I want to take that free square. So let's say that we say uh, this rule and now we can read this rule as 100% of Travis Kelsey rosters have both of these players. Um, and so, yeah, like once you've kind of find the pathway to reading the, the rule, the logic of the rule starts to make a lot more sense. And now we can run this build and we've already switched so that we have no tight ends in the flex over in the build settings. We have, uh, because the a maximum of 0% of rosters are allowed to have a tight end in the flex, right? We set that rule. Uh, so now we should have no tight ends in the flex. We should now see that every Travis Kelsey roster has Patrick Mahomes. In fact, we can, we can search for Kelsey and just scroll through Kelsey Mahomes, Kelsey Mahomes, uh, Kelsey Mahomes, Kelsey Mahomes, Kelsey Mahomes, right? Uh, similarly, we could search for Burrow and we'll see that almost all of our Burrow rosters are going to have Jamar Chase because we set that at the logic was 80% of rosters with Joe Burrow have both of these players. So there's going to be some Burrow rosters without Jamar Chase. Um, we have five 
total Joe Burrow rosters is what it's showing when I search. So there's probably going to be one uh, without Jamar Chase and there might be zero, right? You can have um, Jamar Chase on 100%. We're just saying at least 80% have to have Jamar Chase. So it looks like all of these have Jamar Chase, um, but the logic in there tells it, hey, at least 80% have to have Jamar Chase if you're, if you're playing Joe Burrow. So what do you have from that? You got any other questions from there? Looks like we had another lag on Keegan's end. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and show how the, actually, there we go. Okay. So um, if we wanted to, this is going to be a little bit complicated to share the screens because I'll have to, I'll have to toggle between different screens that I'm sharing. But let's say that we wanted to uh, add these 50 lineups to one of our, to our entries that are already reserved. And so I'm going to show this right now so that if you have reserved entries and you're wanting to then upload those entries, this shows you how to do it. So um, I'm on a Mac. I don't have Excel or I do, but it's an old version. Um, so everything for me comes up in uh, um, like a CSV reader called numbers, which doesn't actually work well with the logic of DraftKings and, and, and FanDuel and all this optimizer stuff. So what I always have to do is I have to open things in numbers and then add it to a Google sheet. So first off, we saw earlier that we um, took those reserved entries from the DraftKings app and downloaded them, right? So I then opened those and moved them over to a Google sheet. So I'll show you that in a moment. I just copied all, moved it over to a Google sheet. The next thing I'm going to do is I am going to download these 50 lineups that we just created in the Bing machine. Now, obviously I wouldn't be doing this without a, a lot more rules in place and a lot more control exerted over these lineups, but I'm going to download uh, those lineups. And then now I'm going to uh, stop the screen share on that. I'm going to share a new screen which is this spreadsheet. So now we see this spreadsheet and this spreadsheet has all of my reserved entries for the week. Now let's say that I only want to change my entries in the slant. And we can say that because that's typically what I do, right? I, I upload all of my entries to the slant, my 150, I upload them all to the slant. And then I kind of hand select the ones that I want to go into other contests. So you'll notice that there's all this stuff over here to the far right of this spreadsheet that you downloaded from DraftKings. So again, if you're just uploading your lineups, it's very easy. To upload your lineups, you just click the download button, go right over to DraftKings, click the upload lineups button and upload that CSV and all your lineups will just show up in your DraftKings account. It's extremely intuitive. And then you can enter them into contests from there and you can, you can mass enter them into contests. So it's where it becomes complicated is if you have reserved entries, which you might want to do if you're building on Sunday morning, reserved entries. And now you want to be able to go in and actually upload all these entries you've created. So what you do, we looked at it earlier, you download your entries, your entry sheet from DraftKings. In fact, just to, um, just to make sure that, that all of this is kind of in the same place. Let's go ahead and share that DraftKings screen again. Uh, and again, right here, you're going to click download. So you're downloading all of your entries. 
And then, like I said, if you're on a PC or if you have Excel, uh, you can just open it and it should all work in Excel. Like I said, I always move it over to a Google Sheet. So I've downloaded my entries. I have moved it to this Google Sheet that I am now going to go back to. Uh, and so again, we see there's all this stuff over to the right, which is all like the this data on the player um, player IDs and all that stuff, their position, all that. Don't touch any of that. But what, what I want to do, because I'm just going to upload these rosters to the slant. So I am going to start from here. I'm going to delete everything, all the contests before the slant. Delete those. And now we see we just have these slant contests right here because those are the ones that I want to edit. And then I'm going to delete the ones below the slant as well. I actually don't know if I have to do this part, but I always do it just for sake of thoroughness. Uh, I then, oops, right there, I cut these and move them up to the top. So again, everything over here, untouched, and that me that ensures that the that DraftKings is able to correctly read this spreadsheet. Uh, over here, we have my 150 reserved slant rosters uh, or slant entries. The next thing that we're going to do is we already saved the, we downloaded those lineups from the Bing machine, those 50 lineups. And again, these are not lineups that I'm actually going to be using, but I am going to, you guys can't see me doing this, but I am going to open this in numbers, which is the pretty poor Mac uh, Excel uh, copycat, I guess you'd call it. Uh, I'm going to copy all of these lineups. And basically I now have 50 lineups and I just paste them in. And uh, gotta delete that part. Gotta, let's say we can move, repaste it in right there, no. Okay, so I'm gonna move all of these up one spot by copying them, cutting them. Uh, there we go. Now, paste them all in. And what this does is it tells DraftKings that on these entries, we're going to have these players, right? So this exact entry will now have these players. This exact entry will now have these players on down the list. Now we only saved 50 lineups. So I can go ahead and delete the rest of these. And I don't believe that you have to do this. I think DraftKings can still read the spreadsheet correctly without deleting all of those. But again, I just wanna make sure that I have as few opportunities as possible for things to mess up DraftKings. Uh, again, we look, we see nothing's been changed on the other part of the sheet. And we look and we make sure that this all looks right. We have quarterbacks. Uh, running backs, running backs, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, tight ends, flex, defense. Uh, all of the spots are covered. Nothing is in this column where there shouldn't be anything. And then all I do from there is if you're on Excel, right, you would just save that CSV. Uh, what I do is I download this as a CSV. And then you go back to, I'll have to, again, switch screens uh, and go back to DraftKings. And I would then just click this upload CSV button and I would upload that specific CSV. So uh, from there, all of those entries would then be edited. So on Sunday morning or, or you know, 4 a.m., whatever you'd call that on Sunday morning, I have saved my 150 lineups for the slant. I go through that process, put those 150 lineups into the, uh, into the spreadsheet, save that as a CSV, upload that directly to DraftKings. And now my 150 slant contests that I've reserved have those 150 rosters that I've built for the slant. 
Uh, and from there, all that's left for me to do is shop through those rosters and pick which ones I want to put into other contests. Obviously, you could do that in advance as well and, and enter those into other contests. But if you're going to mass reserve 150 spots in the 50 cent, you know, 150 max contest or the slant or the millimaker or whatever it might be, that's how you go through that process. Uh, alternatively, if you want to just do what we've talked about and play single entry three max, not play 150, right? But just build 75 or 100 or 150 lineups that you can shop through. Then you can just go through that process where you, you download the lineups, you upload them to DraftKings. Now you have 150, 200 lineups right there in your DraftKings app. And that allows you to kind of see them. Obviously you could look at them in the bank machine too, but I like to have that ability to see them in the context that I'm used to seeing them, right? I'm used to building lineups in the DraftKings app. I'm used to seeing lineups in the DraftKings app. So I'm able to spot sharp lineups in the DraftKings app. That's a that's a, an area my mind is used to working in, right? And so rather than giving yourself a new area where you're going to shop through your lineups in the Bink machine and only save the ones that you like, I like to just put them all, I would say just put them all into DraftKings, right? Download them, upload them, easy process. Now they're all in your account and you can go to a contest you want to play, go to import lineups and just shop one by one through those lineups and see which ones stand out to you the most from there. They're all going to be in your DraftKings account. They're already created. Um, and so that's a really great way to do it if you're just playing single entry three max, but trying to leverage this ability to build a larger player pool, build 150 lineups, uh, 200. I mean, if you're not playing, if you're just doing this for single entry three max, you can build as many lineups as you wanted, right? You can build 200 lineups. You can build 300 lineups. You can build 75 to hundred lineups, but give yourself some lineups to shop through, find your absolute favorites and, and put those into your single entry three max contests. Um, looks like we lost Keegan. So I'm going to talk about a couple other things in this regard. Uh, one of the things that's been really successful for me in single entry three max, something that we talked about, it's a question that's been asked a lot over the years uh, about like single entry three max. Do you, do you just play one lineup in single entry, like across all your single entry contests? Do you play multiple lineups? So when I was hand building, I was likely to have just one or two single entry lineups and, and three or four, three max lineups. Um, now that I use the optimizer and I'm shopping through it, I typically have anywhere from 10 to 14 single entry and three max lineups. And so some of them might be in three or four contests. Some of them might be in just one contest. Uh, Squirrel Patrol, who I do my single entry show with on Roto-Grinders on Fridays, one of the all-time greats in DFS, uh, he takes a similar approach. I think for him, it's usually like anywhere from six to eight single entry lineups on a given week. But what that allows you to do is it allows you, you know, the example I used from last week where I had Devon Achan on, on a single entry lineup that finished 16th place uh, in a $50 single entry contest, 1100 entries finished 16th place. And if I'm just hand building and building one single entry lineup for the week or two single entry lineups for the week, I'm probably not putting Achan on that lineup. Similarly, I had that rusher that finished second place last week in the, the $200 single entry double spy, a uh, thousand entries, finished second place, had Nico Collins on it. Well, if I'm just building one single entry lineup, I'm probably not going out of my way to put Nico Collins on it. But as I'm shopping through my rosters, this roster with Devon Achan really stood out to me. And so I was like, oh, I want to get this into, and, I, and in that Winter Circle podcast that's available on the One Week Season podcast feed, 
that's a special kind of usually only for inner circle members, but we put it on the one week season feed this week. Um, I, I walked through how I selected my lineups in week four and like what that process looked like. But again, having that A-chan roster, it stood out to me. I made a note on it that said, uh, has A-chan on it. It stood out to me a few times. I want to put 50-ish more on this roster. And so then I put it into a $50 single entry contest. Similarly, that Nico Collins roster that finished second place in the double spy, the note that I had put on that one when it had stood out to me was one of my favorites. That was one of my favorite rosters out of all the ones that I had seen. And so because it was one of my favorites, it was like, okay, well, let me put it into this $200 single entry contest. So it's not the type of roster I would have gone out of my way to hand build for single entry, but because I'm building my 150 rosters and then shopping through those to select my single entry three max rosters, it's less about the players who are on the rosters, but more about which rosters stand out to me as really sharp rosters that have a good shot at winning a tournament. And so I end up with some of those players that other people who are hand building, they're not putting those players on their rosters, right? So you get this, uh, you know, 4%, 5% Nico Collins in single entry. You get this, uh, I forget what A-chan was last week, but I think sub 5% A-chan in single entry because those are uncomfortable plays and you kind of skirt around that hurdle of your mind blocking you from playing these types of guys because you're able to instead just say, oh, is this a great roster, right? Can this roster win this tournament? And there's not the pressure of saying, this is my single entry roster for the week. What if I'm wrong, right? You're you're going to have five single entry rosters, six, eight single entry rosters, and you're firing them into different tournaments. And that, that gives you that opportunity to kind of embrace some of these rosters you might not otherwise be able to embrace. And people tend to want, it's like, well, if this roster hits, I want it in all my contests. But really, we're trying to create sample sizes here, right? So I had a second, I forget what contest it was. I think it was the SPY, the, the $100 SPY single entry contest. But I had a second place finish last year with a roster that was only in one single entry contest. But that was, I don't remember what the payout was, 10K or 15K or 20K, something like that. It's like, that was that was all that money added from having that roster in that one contest, right? And sure, if that roster had been in all my single entry contests that week, it would have been a monster weekend. But would I have actually had that one roster in all of my single entry play? Probably not. That wasn't the one, you know, I put it in, put a hundred bucks behind it out of my 6K in entry fees. So it wasn't like the one roster that really stood out to me. It was just one of the rosters that stood out to me. And because I put it out there, I was able to capitalize on the fact that that roster was able to score well enough to bring back some money. Again, uh, this last week, I had two separate single entry rosters that were able to finish in that top 0.1% of contests or top 0.2% of contests. And it wasn't that the rosters themselves were like, oh, this is definitely the one that I'm going to use on all my single entry play. It was more that, okay, this is one of, these are, you know, two of the 14 rosters that are really standing out to me and you get them out into play and, and you finish up in those top two, three spots. And that's enough to make it worthwhile, like to, to put you at profit in the weekend, sometimes really good profit on the weekend. Um, so yeah, it would be great to have that, that one roster that hits in all your single entry contest, but that's far less likely to happen. And so just taking that pressure off of selecting that one best roster, which can lead to you then saying, oh, well, I don't want Nico Collins on my one best roster. I don't want Devon Achan on my one best roster. Not that they can't hit, but the pathways to them hitting are more muddy. The floor is a little bit lower. The chances of them breaking a roster are a little bit higher. And so this kind of gives you that freedom to say, okay, like here's my pool of single entry three max rosters for this week. And as long as one of these hits, I'm now in great shape. So uh, yeah, that 
that is going to, I guess, wrap up today's show. Got into some key stuff in the Bink machine in terms of making sure that we really understand the logic of these rules. I think that that pathway we followed of the percent, the anchor and the min max, right? 100% of rosters with this player will have both players from this pool. Uh, that helps to kind of grasp exactly what we're saying with that rule, right? You can now um, put those rules into words in your own mind if you're getting confused by them. Uh, again, we saw how to, we did it last week as well, but how to make sure that we, we exert control over what's in the flex spot. Um, the video from week three, I really went deep into how I use the Bink machine and the kind of unique way that I do it with, with my preset projections that just have every player at 4X their salary. Uh, and so you can always go back to that video to kind of get a deeper sense of how I do that. And then we talked about how to make sure that, that our rules don't break the optimizer, right? Which is an issue with any optimizer is that one rule that doesn't make sense to the optimizer breaks everything. And then, then it can be hard to pinpoint which rule that was. So again, uh, I always had two, three, four rules, run the optimizer and then make sure that it's running, right? I don't, don't even need to look through the lineups necessarily, but just run a few rules, make sure that those rules are not breaking things. And then that way, if something does break, it's easy to pinpoint which rule it was and what might be the issue. And then uh, probably pretty critically, we looked at how to upload our lineups, but that's that's straightforward and, and intuitive, uh, but more importantly, how to edit our entries. So that allows us to reserve entries in advance and then take our Bink machine rosters or our rosters from any other optimizer. Again, you can use this for any optimizer, but take our rosters from any optimizer, edit our reserved entries, uh, which is a pretty critical step here because a lot of times you do want to wait until Saturday night or Sunday morning to actually build your rosters, but you might need to reserve your entries before then. So um, all of that hopefully helps you continue down this path as an optimizer user, I would say we didn't end up getting to a ton of stuff today that helps with week five specifically, but we did get to some stuff that helps um, in terms of maximizing our profit as DFS players. So uh, hopefully that helps you on your way to profit in week five and beyond. We will see you back here in the DFS lab next Wednesday when we will open up the week six slate and put together a practice build. Uh, we will see you on one week season throughout the weekend, and we will see you at the top of the leaderboards on Sunday.